0: This episode is brought to you by Healing Green Farms, CBD made for you. Get safe, pure CBD products handmade by local experts to fit your needs.
1: Thank you for listening to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. Visit girlswhodostuff.com. You probably shouldn't Google that.
0: Hello and welcome to the Girls Who Do Stuff podcast. I am Jenny Midgley. And I'm
2: Sarah Madras. And
0: this is a show where you come as you are with the courage to speak up and tell a better story.
2: Boom. Um, we have a packed studio yeah. today. Sarah
0: and I are trying something new and not wearing headphones it, because there's like a there's a, a group. We have a group show. And
2: don't be jealous. It doesn't mean that we have a live studio audience that we didn't invite you to. We would never do that. It simply means well, that there's we have there is a space limitation. A, so a we would hopes. have to be like... A a, a, uh, gaggle. a a gaggle a gaggle of gentlemen in the studio today. Coming That's at what ya. A,
0: it's what a group of a murder of crows. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say you choose geese. I don't know. <laughs> Sarah invites woke men on only only and my my and somebody and then usually the question is what's a woke man and I say that means you're not a douchebag.
3: We also Correct. appreciate
2: that. I was yeah. like yeah. now that I've you know. You can you can give process, the full you can yes. give the
0: full definition because
2: Jenny's like it means you're not a douchebag and I'm like no because we wouldn't even associate that's with like dis- because
0: that's a general definition that most people so will understand
2: any douchebag male or female would not be on the show and so what is a woke man it is somebody who has a level of emotional intelligence who possesses empathy and a willingness to grow and is on the um, like personal growth journey mm,
0: not a douchebag. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but there are some people in the world who are not on the personal growth journey or who are not having growth mindset. Not. They're not douchebags. Mm, okay. They're just... Not like woke. Correct. They're, <laughs> they're just content as is. Okay. They are still asleep. Their ignorance is bliss. <laughs> exactly. Well, they
3: just don't want to get out of their comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. That's the main thing.
2: That is a great way to put that. Thank you. Okay. He just put it really nice. Like yeah, That was mu- much less judgmental than what was but happening like over mine. here.
0: <laughs> I like my. I like
2: mine. All right. So all these voices in the background, please introduce yourselves.
4: I am Ed Dudley. Um, I'm a man of many talents. Financial advisor. Started a nonprofit with my wife for sexual assault and domestic violence and then run a networking group called We Are Connected. Connect Ed.
3: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Got to got they to. Ed. I'm Clint Webb. I'm in business development for a local a fiber internet provider here in Raleigh, and um, less qualified than these two gentlemen.
0: And not no relation to Mitch Webb. Oh, no,
3: no relation Ironically. at all. It's pretty exactly. Pretty strange. He's from uh, Saxapahaw, and I am from Chapel Hill. So,
0: and- <laughs>
3: a, a prou- proud Carolina fan.
0: Carolina. And uh Clint is also the co-host of the Joe Schmo Sports Show. Indeed. Say that 10 times fast yeah I and practiced. the
3: liquid soapbox and podcast. the liquid soapbox
0: yep right. the soapbox yep right. mm-hmm.
2: that's awesome yeah i didn't know about the second one i
0: don't even know about it's a well
3: it's actually my favorite yeah Yeah, because the conversations, we just have random people in there to have conversations. It was Dominic's idea and we're all friends with Dominic Battistella. So his idea was just to have people in the studio to have drinks and to talk about whatever's bugging them or making them happy in today's world. So
2: you mean I could go on the show and just bitch about things the whole time? Do you know
3: who Dominic is? So of course you can.
2: I, I was like, wait, how have we not been on the does. show yet? How have we not I, well, been invited to be on the show yet? No,
0: we have not been invited, and now they've both been on our show. So that's we it. Can,
2: that's
3: oh, it. it's out. happening. Shows over. No, show's no. Over. It's happening as get soon the as <laughs> fuck out. Dominic has. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic has been hiring. Yes. <laughs> Dominic has been hiring for his partnership program. And so we have been taking a hiatus on the podcast, but we are about to get back on
2: it. Okay. Okay. All right. So the reason that we are having you guys in the studio is to talk about, and I don't even know if it's like a project, a calling, like how do I frame this guys? What are
0: y'all doing that we would invite you to sit here with us?
3: So Ed and I started this conversation about a year back when we had, uh, he did an event at VentureX in RTP. And him and I had this had a long conversation afterwards, just about mental health and how guys don't have a comfortable space to talk about things that guys aren't allowed to talk about. We have been <clears throat> has been drilled in our heads since we were young kids that don't cry, don't talk about your feelings, suck it up, put some tussin on it, right? Do all the tussing put some tussin on it, put some tussin. That's a Chris Rock I, thing. I, Think that's a Chris Rock statement, but it's no guys don't have spaces to talk about feelings, to talk about things that are happening in their relationship, be it from the emotional side to sex to you know, friendships, you know, relationships in general, just everything. And so Ed and I and Mitch were um, did our first meeting at Rada Mills space in downtown, which is an amazing space. I'm sure Ed will talk more about that. And you know, she's giving us a space to be able to have guys in and just have a conversation. So the first time it was me, Mitch, and Ed, um, and Reggie. And then the last time, Mitch could not join because he was sick, was and we had eight of us in there. So it, it's That's what, amazing. what, what we just want to do. Yeah, Ed knows everybody, yes. and so that, that definitely helps. And you know, southeast had,
0: corner of the country, pretty
3: much. And so we just wanted to give guys a space and just to be able to have conversations. Yeah, Ed, you want to expand? Pretty much
4: touched on everything. For I just look at myself when I was going through some stuff, I didn't have anybody to talk to. Mm-hmm. And I'll just be real transparent here There was a time I was going through a really bad period Went in my closet, closed the door Laid on the floor and cried like a baby mm-hmm. Wiped my face, got out, went in the bathroom Cleaned my face out, my wife never saw anything mm-hmm. There's so many men struggling right now to With their emotions, what they're dealing with And yeah, I don't want to talk about them anymore But Will Smith -hmm. It was more than that. It was so much. He he had so much stuff suppressed, and we got a lot of men walking around here. That was
0: a trauma reaction. That was. And that's completely trauma.
4: And that's what a lot of men are walking around with something going on deep inside them with no outlet. And we just want to have a space that's an outlet for men to come together and talk with other men that have been through some things and bring in some individuals like Clint. I got a psychologist that's going to come through and talk as well. So I'm excited about just bringing men. And I was told him, I said, I don't care if there's just one guy there. If we can yeah. impact one man, that's a difference.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yep. And when Clint first told me about this, because this has been, I see it so many times in therapy office when I was doing therapy for so many years, where they, men do not have a safe space. And like, when I think about my husband and his friendships, I'm like, so what? Oh, you went out with the guy? Where'd you guys start? None. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I was like, who do you talk about your stuff with? You, but hey, that's it. And some of the stuff, if it's me stuff, he ain't going to be talking to he will me not about share, it. Not, not the real shit. Not him. Exactly. He's not going to share the real shit. And then when I was really thinking about it, I was like, the only spaces that's at is church. Like that's the only ones I've known of, and so if it's they not. still won't talk at
4: church. I'm really? a church. I'm a church baby. We still really? not share everything. So even the at men's church.
2: groups that interesting. Is it, the is sometimes
4: they will not. They will share to a a surface level, and yeah. that is it.
0: Fascinating. I that totally. It's through a different thought. lens. Yeah.
4: I've been part of men's groups at churches. I ran a men's group at a church. Mm. Men are not going to share absolutely everything.
2: Why do you think that is?
4: I had a gentleman that I invited, and he said he's going to come. He said he's reluctant. I said, why are you reluctant? He said, I trust you. I'm going to come. He said, but I've been in a space where I've shared a vulnerable part of me, and it came back up somewhere.
5: Oh, So that's why a
4: lot of men, sometimes they don't share with their wives Mm -hmm. because I talked to another gentleman. He shared some things with his ex-wife, and in the heat of an argument, she brought some of that stuff back up, and you can't do that. So that's why a lot of men won't share to a certain level.
2: Yeah, And it's interesting because in my trainings, when I'm out in corporations training people, the gentleman will be like, yeah, I can't talk about this at home because they're not going to get what's going on at work. And I don't want to have to go through of like explaining it. And then I'm like burdening my wife. They've got their own stuff and they're doing. And I was like, that's what a partnership is. Mm -hmm. But I've heard it so many times from men that I've now realized, oh my gosh, you guys are totally programmed to carry it all. Mm -hmm. And that if you share it, you're burdening somebody or it's an annoyance to you that then you have to explain in more detail. You think no one else is going to understand. So you have all those preconceived notions. And so you're just like, fuck it. I'm not, not, I'm going to eat
4: it. Yeah. And yeah. not think hear. of and Atlas. It. You remember the picture of Atlas? Oh, yeah. and he's got that world. Yeah. That. yeah. That's how a lot of men are walking around yeah.
3: right mm-hmm. now. It's, a lot of it is the provider notion, and so we're supposed to be the, the providers, versus the, the right, and the protectors. Yeah. And so it's if we're protecting, then we're protecting everything, feelings included. And so if we sit there and have this conversation with our significant others, that the the real conversations were like, okay, so we're going to hurt somebody's feelings. So how about we'll just back off a little bit and share maybe just a tiny bit of it, but we're just trying to give guys just a space. Yeah. Right? I,
0: and I think it's really it's one of those things that Sarah sees it in therapy. I see it with my marketing clients. Like I've had grown ass men that have, I finished talking to you and I sat in my car and cried. And I'm like, we were talking about like their marketing plan, but there was something, right, that that was triggered because we know personal stuff goes into your business all the time. Uh, I can think of one really clearly that there was a need for perfection and that's why zero content was being created because there was this need for everything to be perfect before. And I said, where did you tell learn that story that everything needed to be perfect. Like, where did you start in your business journey? It turned out it was the second client he ever had who kept coming back with reasons why the job wasn't done. Job Mm -hmm. wasn't done. Job wasn't done. And no one ever said to him, this sounds like a client that nothing you did Would have made them happy, and no one could could have. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And no one could meet that unrealistic expectation of perfection. So why are you still telling yourself the same story? However many years, and then it uh, it was like Shrek. The the, uh, ogres have layers, (laughs) like an onion, and we started peeling through the layers. But that was literally started with a conversation about like why aren't you creating content? And that, and it came up again earlier this week where I was interviewing with a new client, and they were like, "He's, I'm totally terrified. I don't know. I I have this fear that I'm going to want everything to be perfect." Perfect. And I'm like, I'm here to help you get over that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No like doubt.
0: perfection should never be the goal. And that is a huge weight you're talking about Atlas. That's a huge weight that men mm-hmm. carry around that if they're not putting out this feeling of this aura of everything, they got their shit together, that you're somehow less than and yeah. you're somehow not. And I like it, it amazes me sometimes when I hear other women talk about their husbands and I'm like, damn. In like twenty years, I've trained my husband. Like we've gotten into the groove. Like he talks about his feelings. He has groups of friends that he texts with, and they share stuff. And they like like real stuff. Yes, oh. they talk yeah, about. it's an real, interesting yeah.
3: concept. It's an interesting concept. Like I have a group of friends outside of these gentlemen now that I've been friends with for most of freaking lifetime. It seems, and we play spades once a week and talk about everything, like everything. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the bullshit that guys talk about because you know, everybody here. Us three anyway, and Joe. You got you can't like your guy your guy friends are assholes. That's what they're there for. They serve a purpose. Is to go to them to be assholes, to let loose, to be able to say anything you mm-hmm. want to. And then you have your your better guy friends. Which <laughs> <Your laughs> are like these yeah. guys we that don't you can wanna, actually yeah, talk to. Better, it. best right, sure. Right. they everybody serves a purpose. But there's some guys I know that I have a group of three guys that I could never talk like this. Right. With
0: and it's it, the so. same as for true for women though, and that's the thing, right? Like you learn. It's a trust thing. You learn who you can trust with that information. So your guy that was saying they're not going to, that he was burned, you learn how you can trust with certain information, but you also have to be have the bravery and the courage to take that first step to show some vulnerability and see how that plays out and vibe the person out. And I don't think men are taught that.
4: But you you think about women from when they were little girls, they were taught to share, mm-hmm. show your emotions. A little yep. boy cry, he talk, put some tussle on it, put some dirt mm-hmm. on it, suck it up. We teach our boys from a young age to do this. And what happens is we just keep yep. pushing it down. Yep. It's like a bottle of Coke. You mm-hmm. keep shaking it. You keep keeps shaking. Something's going to trigger that thing to explode all over the place. Yep. And we want to prevent that from happening. And have a space for these men to talk.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that's, I think Sarah and I have that mission with our boys. Like we're for sure, sure. and we say that all the time. We're like, we have these hard conversations because there are like our kids don't have, there's no secrets in our house. We talk about things on on age appropriate levels and we talk about emotions. And it gives me hope for the
2: future, but it does not give me hope for our (laughs) men right now. No, no.
3: I won't. I do want Mitch to say some things here because Mitch is the most open person I've known. I've ever known Mitch and our friend, Josh, they're the most open people I've ever met in my life. And the funny thing is that Mitch, I don't care if he knows you or not, he'll tell you what's going on in his brain. No matter what. How did you get there, Mitch? How did you
2: get there?
3: (laughs)
0: First meeting. I got that.
3: I got there through going on my own journey on my
6: own and, and struggling with things that I thought my issues were. Or were just mine and that nobody else, they are the worst and nobody else is experiencing that. And so when I started to open up and started to share with other people and started to understand like everybody's going through something, then I started sharing the tools and the the, the practices that I was using that were helping me because I'm like, if I can get through this, because I was going through what I thought was the worst, then anybody can do this. And just like my health journey and overcoming certain things, if I can share something to that get somebody to another level, that gets them to open up, it gets them to feel better. That's what it's all about is passing that down and being the light that you, know, you want to be for others.
0: And it's interesting how but the first time I met Mitch, it was the same week that the pelvic floor PT episode um, came out, yes. and so I brought that up. He's like, "That should save my life," and I was like, "Great, let's." And we literally we went immediately down that rabbit hole, and it was a true connection, an authentic connection, a
2: space where and we were like standing in um, a networking meeting. Do you, <laughs> you think you would have done that if it was a male asking you that question? I now, mean, but now, I'm like, conditioned
6: like, to do that. I that so then, like, how very- did you very-
2: how did you unconditioned
0: to condition this way? <sighs> unconditioned the old way recondition thank you
6: I do i recondition as, as like being willing to share correct a lot of psychedelic drugs. This is, why she keeps,
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is why she keeps me around because I can't speak in complete sentences.
6: Well, experiencing like that emotional release and being like, damn, like I, I got to talk about how I felt and, and I feel better. I remember the first time I went to therapy, I was uh, working in the corporate world. That's another thing that I've survived. And uh, I'm in there and I'm like, I'm having a tough time and I want to talk to someone. And we're in there for a couple, two sessions, I believe. And I was like, hey, when are you going to help me? Because uh, I can talk to anybody about this stuff and I'm learning that. i learned the more i share the the better i get the better i feel and just just carried that on i followed some of the At, at the beginning i had digital mentors that i looked up to joe rogan and people like that they were sharing and vulnerable and open and i'm like damn that's exactly how i feel other people are going through stuff too and so Again, if I can share something that helps someone else, that's what I'm all about. And when we start talking about this group, we're talking about mental health. Where, I'm, where my mind goes is the things that I've learned. Okay, so we've got a mental health issue. A lot of times everything starts in the gut, right? So is there something going on with your gut? Is there a food intolerance that you're going on that you're experiencing anxiety or depression? Or And so let's look at the whole picture and, and give people tools because I'm like a Swiss army knife now. I've been through everything and it's all about passing that down to other people.
0: Or do you still look up to Joe Rogan? Oh yeah, I love Joe. I think he's great. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I was like, Jenny is now heartbroken, and she's gonna need a few minutes over yeah. here. I mean, Joe shows so for everybody, right? We're gonna so. we're gonna keep <laughs> yeah. going over here while she processes it's, it's her like, emotions. It's like
6: anybody else, right? <laughs> like, you got to look at it with the good and the bad. And like, there's things that I mm-hmm. don't agree with that Joe. I'm not like. Joe, everything that comes out of Joe's mouth is All like right, the Bible you. to me, but like I can, I love when he talks <laughs> about health and wellness. I love yeah, when he okay. talks about MMA and yeah. that's how I've, I got exposed to health and wellness. Like I was following the guy that does bulletproof coffee sipping on that right oh, now. Yep and I uh, was really into health and he was making changes with, hey, try this and this. And I'm like, man, I'm feeling like shit. And if I want to feel better, I'm willing to try anything. Mm-hmm. He goes on Joe Rogan and now it opened up to a whole nother world of guys getting on and sharing their feelings and talking about what's going on. And mm-hmm. some people, I don't agree with everything that Joe says, but I love him as a human being because he's open enough to Not talk to anybody.
5: Yeah. yeah. What, do you,
2: what do you think men are most afraid of? Because w- w- what you said earlier about, to me, the courage... Because you had said about how talking and sharing feelings was weakness to me, that's the greatest measure of courage, right? That's
3: the greatest measure of courage, yes. But to guys, that's a weakness. It's,
0: but, and it's not, and you Period. know, it, it's vulnerability
3: is a weakness.
0: Post- it's not. It's Listen. the greatest measure of courage. Oh my god! All right, god. I'm gonna, now it's time for Sarah to have a minute. Okay. So, la, 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 la. all right, just have your minute over I'm there. I'm going to rock do it and, and so I think that there's yes. And because it was a very masculine focus, like men don't have emotions and men, boys don't cry the whole. And also, it also started shifting over as more women entered the workforce, as more women had to be providers and income earners as, as all of that, like it also shifted over there because if you're trying to survive in the corporate world as a woman, you also have to take on those masculine traits, which are toxic and say, you can't show emotion. You can, I'm an angry crier and I hate that about myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I get angry and the tears come and I had to learn which safe spaces that was okay for me to show that emotion in so much is because otherwise it was not acceptable. And if I'm struggling with that as a woman, surrounded by other women who are in leadership, how can that be possible for a man to survive in those corporate worlds and not
2: feel like they're being torn down every day? I'm like, Mm -hmm. Ed, you have to speak. You have to speak whatever's in your heart. I can feel it about to come out.
4: We could go down a rabbit hole in that, but the biggest thing is the vulnerability. I guarantee if you ask every man, when was the first time you were vulnerable with someone, what happened? Most men would probably say they didn't have a good experience. Yep. So if they didn't have a good experience that first time, they're not going to do it again. Mm -hmm. They're going to close it off. I don't care if it was a little kid that you were just trying to share something with somebody, somebody laughed at you, made fun of you. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm never sharing again. I was not vulnerable for 45 plus years. You didn't know what the hell was going on with me. You didn't really know deep down what I was thinking. I became really transparent and vulnerable May, 2020. When all this stuff was going on with George Floyd and mm-hmm. everything, I, my wife was on vacation. She was gone. About a week, I cried. I got up on May 30th and I dropped a video on Facebook. And I never do videos. For about three, five minutes, I vented and went to sleep crying. Wake up Sunday, May 31st. I put something said, put the video on LinkedIn. I'm like, Mm-mm, you don't put it on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn's professional. Uh-huh. I dropped it on LinkedIn and it went viral. Mm-hmm. I started getting phone calls. Mm-hmm. I started getting messages from men from across the world just talking about, oh, dude, you were vulnerable, you opened up. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. Just me being vulnerable, opening up how I'm really feeling is helping somebody else. Look, we gotta continue to do this. And mm-hmm. what happens
6: if we keep that stuff inside? I mean, that's what's it going on. Well, it kills you. It literally l- kills you, yeah. I mean, it uh, is me, a slow death.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. And it's a slow, painful death because yeah, yeah, it's the yeah. sneaky death of your soul first, yeah. then your, well, bo- the like, your, your the body. That's right? exactly. tra- how, how the body keeps score. Exactly. The body the score. It, it kills your relationships. It kills your physical health, your mental health. It is a slow death.
5: Yep.
6: Yes. Then you're going to go up on stage and smack somebody on the Correct. You know, yeah, correct. The right, right, okay. Yeah.
2: Just
4: drop F bombs like Yes, F- yes. Guys, if you're will? sitting in the bar, is this, like, is this yes, will? yes. This is yes. the first prince. what's yeah, going yes. on? Her- this is Happy Go Lucky Will. Yes. But every man <laughs> has a breaking yeah. point. Every, every yeah. person has a breaking yep. point. But a lot of men have that breaking yep. point and it can be something simple and then yep. like he just snaps. But Jill, when, what about Wait, wait, cuz
2: I I didn't let you answer the question. What are men most afraid of?
4: Vulnerability. Well, you yeah. did get my phone
6: up to your friends yeah. or something like getting out and secluded from the group.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. oh I'd, getting like to, I'd
3: like to add something to this. So, what are most men driven by, you guys? Success. I'm gonna say women. Power. <laughs> what are we trying to sure. impress? We're trying to do to impress women. That's what we've been. That's so what's drilled in our brains forever. Significant like others. It's mm-hmm. just try to try to be attractive to the opposite sex or to whoever that you want to be attracted to. And so we're taught as as early as I can remember, women are attracted by confidence and you can't show confidence if you show vulnerability limiting Mm -hmm. belief Right.
2: i know i'm right. like it's right. the sexiest right. thing this when you're I'm vulnerable saying. i'm like i, I agree with you, I you like, right now sure. I can, I completely <laughs> completely <laughs>
3: was
1: a
6: little bit less vulnerability <laughs> but, <laughs> can you chill out, bro?
3: but we're taught that women love confidence and women love a strong man that's going to take care of them and be their provider and mm-hmm. be their protector and if well, we're crying because you brought up with all our fairy feelings, tales. We can't do that right. life well, well, is okay. not a disney so movie It's not a rom-com we're trying to change the narrative okay so let me
2: speak on that because I think it is the harmony of the two things of, cause yes, I don't want, if my husband was crying all the time <laughs> and like, it's a spectrum, right? This episode? Exactly, yes, exactly. <laughs> like you do. You're like, yo, that's where they'll grow up. Be a man. It's like like this up, is fucking up. adulting. Do yeah. the thing. I get that. Of uh, But it, it's a, not an all or nothing thing. Let's just say in a, in a world where it's like, okay. My spouse is crying all the time. Can't, And they're in a deep depressive episode, loving and supportive of that and can be supportive of that and get help and get skills. And And you can also
0: have boundaries and say, this is where my limit has been reached
2: and we need to work on the 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 solution together. and 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 what are we, what are you willing to do to help yourself and help us through this? And how can I best support you? Yes. And so I think it's not, hey, women, yes, women are attracted to confidence. And if we're being vulnerable, then that's a lack of confidence. Those two things don't compute to me if it's an all or nothing thinking. It's both. Because mm-hmm. to me, absolutely, the willingness to be vulnerable with yourself first in order to have the self-awareness of, oh, shit, these are some things right. in me these are past traumas these are right. things that i need to grow and develop so that it doesn't continue toxic patterns blah blah blah, blah. that is the sexiest thing right that I mean, is confidence that is confidence in yourself confidence to, to take cleanse- action that? Huh? no are it's not because i know so point, you know, then how do we get there
0: but to clint's point the question then becomes like you're with a woman who's asking this of you mm-hmm. and then to, this is if you want to keep that woman then, or that partner, or whatever, then you you have to make the conscious choice to access mm-hmm. that part and to make the leap to be vulnerable and to show courage. courage. It is yeah. very hard. It's hard. Yeah. You think about yeah. a man
4: that's maybe in his fifties now; he's been bearing stuff for years mm-hmm. since childhood. Now you want to ask him to unpack all that stuff? Oh, yeah. It's hard. You talk about the man crying all the time?
2: That's the most courageous thing, though. That's yeah. why I'm is, like, it, I know. We're not
4: taught that from a kid. No. Yeah. We're not. If you anything that you watch on TV, men, we're the superheroes. <laughs> Every man in here is probably pitching himself as a superhero one time.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Men, we are the superheroes. We are the strong ones. We don't break down. When's the last time you seen a superhero really cry?
2: Oh, God, that would be amazing. Now that you just oh, said that. Oh, uh, uh,
0: Endgame. Avengers Endgame. That's what I'm saying, but, but, but think of That would be amazing. At Tony Stark's funeral. Yeah, but think of all the movies we've seen with heroes. And, and uh, we need Vin Diesel
2: crying at the end of Fast and the Furious oh, when yeah. the whole yeah. Paul Walker montage. Yeah. <gasps> Ed, my mind is right yeah. now. See,
4: but that's the thing. We don't see it, the, And then our boys. Don't see these images. Our boys don't see our fathers being loving and crying and emotional. My dad Uh, loving them to death. I never saw my dad emotional. Mm -hmm. Never. Other than laughing real hard or angry. My dad
0: cries at commercials.
2: I was like, I know. My dad will cry now. Yes, we grew up. That's so interesting about us, though, because I grew up with a dad like that too. Yes. Yeah.
5: Yeah. Right. It
2: is very interesting that, yeah. I think that and we
0: and that was the unusual thing. And even and it's interesting that I married the man that I did, given the the stark contrast, let's say, mm-hmm. that's that there so was at the that, time that makes years me ago.
6: Nervous when I see a guy who's holding it in, and it, oh, because yeah. that's oh, like yeah. that's, that's scary. It's a ticking
0: time bomb. It is.
6: It's mm-hmm. gonna blow. I'm like, are you well, okay, bro? Yeah, Mitch,
3: fine. Smiling through my teeth. Mitch, like the toughest conversation you're ever gonna have is with yourself. Oh yeah! Whenever you start, th- whenever a guy decides to start this journey, the first conversation is with himself. Mm-hmm. Going into the right. unconscious—that's the conscious mind. choice. Right, yeah. yeah. you, you know, have to make a conscious choice. To know, to sit in silence. So meditation is what really started this all off for me, like physical health and meditation. And I was—I'm not the meditating guy. I'm the guy that ha- always has to be doing something, right? I always have to be out and about. I have to be in front of people. I have to be up walking around doing something. And to sit down for three minutes was my first meditation. Oh, I couldn't close my eyes. The hardest thing I've ever I done in my job. life. Like you couldn't the close your eyes. could close my eyes. No, because you have to. So the thing about I have meditation to make the and, conscious
0: choice to commit to meditation, mm-hmm. which I'm not
3: willing to do. Well, see the, the, the couple things, Jenny, that the things that help me, and I'm going to go with Mitch here with the digital mentors. I listen to a lot of Lewis Howes and a lot of mm-hmm, Jay yeah, Shetty, mm-hmm. and Jay Shetty was a oh, monk. Yeah. He meditates for two and a half hours a day. Yeah. I, okay. Now I don't know if I could ever get up to that point, but, but, no, but I'm you know, the, thing, the thing, <laughs> the thing that you have to do. That's why the, I do in
0: my car, though. But I think it's that you have to figure out what's the best, what's the way that you can do. However,
3: you need to meditate and spend a couple. Minutes with yourself is the mm-hmm. thing that the thing that was told to me through these podcasts were whenever you get a, th- a thought, doesn't mean you're not meditating anymore. You have to just let those thoughts go, mm-hmm. let them come, let them go. And you just have to continue just to stay with yourself and to stay with those thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it's so what was the coming hardest up thing. for
0: you? What when the Do first you, three minutes, how yeah. the
3: hell am I going to sit through this? Mm-hmm. When is it over? Is this timer going to go off soon? No yeah what i could be doing something right now i'm gonna count 180 but
0: am i going faster than the actual
2: time goes
3: or it's okay is it over yet okay is it over yet okay is it over yet and then so that's the thoughts that first started sarah right what was your
2: first breakthrough thought
3: my first breakthrough was actually getting past the five minute mark okay so once i got past the five minute mark on like my third day i was like well shit i can do this i i can i could sit by myself and just listen to all of my thoughts in my head i can do this and then the next day it was five and a half minutes. The next day it was six minutes. The next day it was six. Let and minutes. Let me rephrase.
2: What was the, your first most uncomfortable thought about you? Your first oh, big gosh.
3: off? Oh, um, gosh. Am I, I good enough? The, I can take the reins mm. on that one. Yeah. Am I good enough? Would would have been mine. Like, how am I lucky enough to have everything that I have? And why am I lucky enough to have everything that I have? I think uh-huh. would probably be the, the most. You think?
0: It, you really think it's luck?
3: Not now. No, not anymore. That's part of that growth, though. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Not everything's luck. If some things are meant to be, and some things are luck, and some things you just work your fucking ass off for. Facts. You know what I mean? So. Mitch,
2: what do you, you said you got yours-
6: yeah, I guess the first, to go back to the very beginning, because I've been meditating for 10 or 15 years now. And I remember I had so much anxiety. That's why I got into this world. I had some head injuries, started having panic attacks and anxiety. Didn't know what that was, actually. Went to a doctor and they wrote that word down for me, anxiety. I went, what the hell is that? And I remember trying hearing about meditation and trying to close my eyes. And a minute was probably, and I was terrified to be alone in the dark with my eyes closed, you know, in the dark as in closing my eyes Mm -hmm. with my thoughts. Now over time that became, and still is one of the most therapeutic things I've ever done. And so there was a time when I was trying to quit my uh, job with my family in the corporate world where I was making a lot of money. It's a, you know, big business that I was going to take over and and the road was paved and everybody looking at me thought I had the perfect life and perfect job. And inside I was dying and I felt guilty because of that. And so for me, psychedelics were the thing like mushrooms. And so I remember going to a concert, Widespread Panic, some of my favorite bands, <laughs> and I, I had a, a macro dose. This was not a micro The irony
0: dose. is yes. abundant right there. Yeah. <laughs> exactly,
6: it is. So <laughs> I, rem- I remember being at that show, and I took a ton of mushrooms, and I, uh, I was sitting up front, and I started having that, that panic mm-hmm. that, that I'd overcome, for the most part, at that point, and I'm like, not tonight. And so I started just working my dancing and getting excited and loving everybody, and then I... I busted out of it. And it was like the most amazing thing. I'm like, holy shit, I just got out of jail. And I remember feeling connected to everyone and everything. And I'm like, there is more to this life than me working at this company. And I'm going to, and microdosing it just came out. And so I did, I guess, six to eight weeks, every three days, that's the uh, Paul Stamets protocol. Every three days, I would take a, a subperceptual dose, meaning something that doesn't make me necessarily mm-hmm. feel like I'm mm-hmm. losing my mind, but I could, I would think differently, just like a yep. different angle of perception. And for 20 minutes, twice a day, I got these three messages and the first one was like, hey, man, like you got to breathe. And they seem like very simple and something that I would be like, yeah, that's everybody Mm -hmm. knows that. But for me, it was profound. And I was like, you got to breathe. Take a deep breath. And A couple of weeks later, it was like, hey, you react to everything in your life. You got to chill out, man. Like just quit reacting. Like just watch and be the observer. That's what meditation is. And um, eventually the last one was I would start seeing these triggers of these people and these things and these events in my life in the corporate world that would, trigger me. And then I, and I, I would laugh at like, These are silly. These are funny. This is not you. This is not your path. Like I wanted to help people. I didn't know how I wanted to. So I remember being in a meeting with this person that I had a vision and having them trigger me. And I felt my whole energy get pushed back, pushed out of balance. If we like, boom, just go backwards. And I caught myself and I went, not today. And I just started smiling at them. And I was like, I'm going to quit. And I remember going in to uh, see my dad, and I wore tennis. That's how bad our relationship was at the time. I don't even know if he knows this, but sorry, Dad, if you're hearing this. But I I go. And I I'm apologize
0: wearing, to my mom at least once in an episode. Uh,
6: you're not sharing enough if you don't. And I, I had my ten- I had my business suit on and my tennis shoes because I, I was, like, hoping that he was going to say what and try to fight me, and we're going to go at it right there. He said, I love you. I'm going to support you whatever you do. Best decision that we've ever had. And now we're so much better because of it. But I continue to get those messages and all, and I could go on for days about this, but meditation is – not necessarily to get good at meditating, it's to get good at life.
0: I think it's also getting good at being open to receive mm-hmm. the messages. Like it's, if when you, and I joke about meditation, it is very hard for me to compress my at. mind. I, and I find that disassociating is much more helpful to me than like the traditional meditation. So, um, we can spend a whole other episode talking about dissociation versus whatever. Mm-hmm. But the thing of it is that when you make that shift, when you make that decision that you're open to, change you're open to seeing things another way you're open to receiving those messages that's when you're gonna see and the pieces will start to fall into place of like you were you made the conscious decision because you were having panic attacks that this was an uncomfortable way to live Mm -hmm. and uh, you no longer wanted to do that so you went and sought help yeah but I can say from even my own thing like the last time that I when the last time I restarted my antidepressants and all that, it took me a year from when I recognized that I needed to be back on them until a year later when I actually went and sought help. And that was my Will Smith slap moment. Like I freaked out at the receptionist at my doctor the doctor's office <laughs> because and I walked back in and I was like, I am so sorry. Mm-hmm. I I should not have spoken to you that way. <laughs> And I promise if I will not, if you don't make me leave,
5: <laughs> like right,
0: please let's figure this out. And then fast forward the time, find out I'm under medicated, find out that they're like I needed other supports in place because it's that just willingness and openness to receive. And again, if me, somebody who is a clinically trained social worker with a history, like a long history of mental health issues and awareness and openness takes me a year to get on medication. Get back on medication. I can't even imagine what that's like for the folks out there who are unaware and who haven't been taught the proper avenues to go. Can,
2: can you talk a little bit about what it's like to be a male and when it comes to ego and pride?
0: Hmm. You wanna start it? I teed that up for you.
4: Yeah. Ego and pride. That was my downfall. So my ego and my pride was wrapped into my position in corporate America. I was the senior vice president, was Wells Fargo. I was like the only African-American in my position, and I wore that like a badge. Do, 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 do. And I walked around <laughs> with my chest puffed up, and in that world, you got the custom suits and all, had all the right stuff, mm. On the inside it was just broken, mm-hmm. and the inside just had a lot going on. I had, I don't know if everybody's familiar with ACES, stands for Adverse Childhood Experiences, mm-hmm. Something, some things that I've dealt with from childhood that I've never dealt with or addressed, but I looked good on the outside.
5: Mm -hmm.
4: There's that ego and that pride. And it's so funny, when I was previously married, got divorced, and when I went to go see my current wife's family for the very first time, after I left, months later, my wife said, my mom didn't like you. I said, what? You didn't like me? I'm Ed. Everybody (laughs) likes me. (laughs) And she's like, no. She said, you were arrogant. I'm like, how was I arrogant? Only thing I remember talking with them is about football. Talked about the Patriots. And this is when we were winning all the time. Mm -hmm. I was like, we're good y'all suck suck it up yeah it's just fact. but she said no she had a lot of ego and that was the first time someone's ever said that to me and that was like there was a cold water threw in my face I'm like wow do I so I checked in with a few other people that I knew would be completely honest with me and It's like yeah you got a little bit of ego well, mm-hmm. you got that little chip on your shoulder, the way that you carry yourself, your it, things like that. I just thought it was Well, spider.
0: and it pisses me off that, like, they're seeing your confidence as arrogance and chip on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. No, but it wasn't confidence because
2: inside he safe. didn't well, feel confident. But yeah. So yeah. I, I, I dealt
4: was, with, yeah. before I even knew the term, yeah. I dealt Bost with imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Forever. Yes. Yeah. And I didn't even know what the term was until, like, six years ago. And yeah. I'm like, oh, that was me all day long. Mm-hmm. And that was me, and it was that pride and that ego. But on the inside, I go
0: home, and I'm just, oh, God. It's mm-hmm. like the bravado uh, exterior mm-hmm. versus it's exhausting.
4: the. it's exhausting.
0: Mm-hmm. Joe has something to say.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to I wanted to <laughs> throw out because <laughs> I feel like this would be a good point in that conversation. I read an article and I don't remember where I read it, so I can't quote it. But it was basically talking about the idea of a man becoming like a woke man in today's age and how the only people really talking about it from a public standpoint are women. And the, the article was taking the standpoint that that'd be like a man coming out telling a woman how to be a good wife. And you don't really it's see a lot of the woman explaining. version of Renee Brown kind mm-hmm. of modeling and everything. And so I wanted to ask the question, what do you guys think of what it take to change the perception from vulnerability being weakness to vulnerability being, I think it's going to take, somebody's going to have to model it and there's going to have to be real world examples of it before. And it's going to have to be like more than a minute. Before men are like, Yeah, I'll jump on that train mm-hmm. with that guy. I think the mm-hmm. first guy that comes out and is like, I'm gonna be the Brene, Brene Brown, yeah. he's gonna be like, Okay, look at this well, guy. There is.
0: are, <laughs> that's the Lewis Howes, that's yeah, the Jay that's,
3: Shetty. See, that's what well, I was gonna say. I mean, I think it's already they're happening. already out there. Yeah, I think it's already happening. It's you yeah. just have to you just have to know where to look.
6: It's a. And it's maybe a that's balance. the problem.
3: So what uh, it's a balance, right? Yeah. You wanna see that in the people that you
6: look up so sure. you're like, I don't wanna I don't wanna Model someone who, and it is modeling excellence. That's what it's all about. And so, I try to be the example for for other men of of walking both. I can be the toughest, most aggressive, most competitive dude in this broest no. dude in this room, mm, but I can also. That. Sit here and cry with everybody, yeah. Yeah. and be it's open the, yeah, and yeah, vulnerable yeah. and share. Yeah. And so you got to see both. Harmony. I don't want to be around a dude that's like whiny and crybaby all the time. I'm like, come on, man. Let's. That's why I'm all about tools and how do we shift out mm-hmm. of that? How do we grow from that so that we can look back and laugh about those things and tackle the new issues that are coming mm-hmm. out? So it's having both, and I think that's what today's woke man is: is having a little bit of both and knowing mm-hmm. when those emotions are appropriate to share or to step up and to I don't say in the word be a man, but
3: to show those attributes that mm-hmm. that young kids and other guys are going. Look up to as well. Who I think does a really good job of this in today's world is about the balance is LeBron James, Mm -hmm. right? So he is what we can see, right? Right. So this guy, he was a superstar from told told he was a superstar from when he was like 10 years old, has massive success and still talk. I Mm -hmm. guess if you guys want to keep saying that, like but well, like he has humility he, he's not he well he that's why i like has lewis humility house so much. He yep.
2: is a great one too he yep. was a football player yep. super he is a, yep. a beautiful example yep. of really the harmony is. between yep. masculine and feminine energy yep yeah.
3: absolutely. absolutely i 100 yes. i 100 agree and yeah. lewis house we've talked about this he's my favorite mm-hmm. and he just he does the great things with with everybody like he talks to everybody gets everybody's perspective and honestly if you guys have never listened to his podcast he asks the best questions What's the name like, of the podcast? It's, it's called School, School, of greatness. Of greatness. School of Greatness.
2: It's amazing. Yeah, so him
3: and Jay Shetty are like really good friends, and it shows, mm-hmm. right? Because they support each other. They talk about the same things. They have the same damn guests on. Mm-hmm. And, but like being in the public eye, people with those little blue check marks on social media, they need to talk about this kind They're, of shit. Like they, they need mm-hmm. to be the ones that come out and talk. And there have been. There have been a ton. I think we're already starting it, Joe. Yeah. Right? TikTok's
0: I mean, a really great space for that. Like where yeah. you can actually yeah. show up and just be you, well,
3: and it, there's
0: enough there's enough, like you can drown out the haters mm-hmm. by just staying on the right side of TikTok yep. well, for you. And I also think <laughs> right that the right side of TikTok for you.
3: Yeah. I think with all the bad things that COVID did to society and to the world, I think this is one good thing that it has done. Mm-hmm. Like people actually had to spend time with themselves yep. when they were locked up. You know what I mean? Like people actually had to spend time with themselves and that was hard for a lot of people, but now they're on the other side of that two and a half years later or whatever it is. They're on the other side of what that.
2: What are they going to do about it now? And I think that there was, they you know, were it.
0: the people who, the, yes, they had to be by themselves, but were they like, was it enough of a, a motivator? Was it enough of a push for them to be by themselves and do something about it?
4: I know some people that personally those last couple of years drove them absolutely nuts because they couldn't deal with, the inner man Oh,
5: because mm-hmm.
4: they were so used to being busy running around doing all the things mm-hmm. but now they had to sit still mm-hmm. and really deal with what was going on and it drove them absolutely nuts mm-hmm. and funny the bad thing is i know one person that was trying to find a therapist or psychologist couldn't find one
5: mm-hmm.
4: i i believe that could not find one they called multiple I'm people like, just have them call me one.
2: i'll get them in my place Look, yeah you yes, you
4: yes, and, I and will. They, but they couldn't they couldn't find they, anybody right, to help them yeah Mm-hmm. And then let's be honest, a lot of men just, I, I will speak from the black community, going to a therapist, yeah. it's not, uh, is uh-uh. we don't it, do that. Is it more
0: acceptable to go to the, your pastor or your reverend or, it is, or the bar? It is.
4: Then it is, okay. which is absolutely insane mm-hmm. because a lot of pastors run around here thinking they know everything and they don't right. stay in your lane, mm-hmm. do what you do. Mm-hmm. You, you're not a marriage counselor. You're not a mental health therapist, mm-hmm. but a lot of them try to be. I, yep.
3: have okay. I have a question for you, Ed. Let's take the church angle here real quick. So a lot of what is in the Bible is all very old school way of thinking, including the way men are supposed to be and including the way women are supposed to be in relationships. So do you think that is the reason that not a lot of this stuff gets talked about at men's
4: groups in churches? Not all of it. So I will just say the Bible does have a lot of old stuff, but let's just be honest. A lot of people that walk around say they are Christian and I'm an unapologetic Christian have not read, read their Bible.
5: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the
4: first. That's the first thing, but I just think it's just the way men are brought up, mm-hmm. especially black. I mean, I'm speaking from a black man's perspective. Don't cry, mm-hmm. and you definitely don't cry in public.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Never. Mm-hmm. I remember you're allowed to cry at a funeral. That is it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, something's bothering you. I remember there was a time I was playing basketball, and I took a ball right upside the head so hard, and I just wanted to just ball. And I looked over it, and he needs to suck it up. Suck it up. Mm -hmm. Now, had I cried at 15 years old, I was worried about what everybody else around Mm -hmm. me is going to think. And I would have never. I would have gone back to school, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and you would have been bullied because you Mm -hmm. cried on the court. That's right. Yeah. Then then you're uh, getting in fights because you got. Now now you're getting in fights. Yes. And all types of other things. Now your grades potentially go down. You're dealing with all types of other issues. But we buried all that stuff. I'm having adult men still walk around with. You know, childhood trauma from mm-hmm. teenager, little boys mm-hmm. that never released it.
6: Mm-hmm. That's what, that's what sports did for me as a kid. That's the only outlet that I had, like kids and, and played football with me. knew if I started crying, it was on like everybody to get their head beat in. And it was really hard for me when I left playing football, because if my dad told me, this is on where I'm going with this, but like my dad, when I was young, he's, Hey, if you get in a fight at school, <laughs> then I'm going to fight you when you get home. Cause I was way bigger than everybody else. And so on the football field, he's this where, that's where you fight, do whatever you want there. Mm-hmm. And so if, if I had a disagreement with someone at, uh, at school, I'd be like, I'll see you on the football field. And when I didn't have that outlet, when I went into, I remember specifically going into a fraternity when I was in college, and the first thing they told me, like, hey, we're not going to fight you. There's no physical stuff here. I'm like, good, because I'm going to whip all of y'all. <laughs> but they, they did. They touched me the first night, and it, I was, it was emotional because they shamed me. And so I was in my emotions. I was ashamed, and I couldn't react. And so when they said, I had to put my head down like this, don't look at me, put your hand on my shoulder, and I grabbed that kid, threw him on the ground, and just started beating the crap out of him. Cause that's the only way I knew how to get my energy out was physical. And so then it took me a long time, 10 years to, to learn how to deal with those emotions. And for me, like we talked about earlier, it's it's talking about it and getting out, saying, This is how you made me feel.
2: We would like to thank our sponsor healing green farms and they grow CBD. Let me tell you, CBD has been giving me the best sleep for like the last, Two and a half, three years, I wake up feeling rested instead of having crazy dreams and basically working out all my crap and my dreams. <laughs> it's a nice,
0: quiet sleep.
2: It's a nice, quiet, restful sleep thanks to CBD.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. And Healing Green Farms is a local farm. Uh, actually, it's been a generational family farm. And they grow the cannabis plants in their the hemp plants. It's actually hemp. Uh, they grow those in a greenhouse. And the stuff that they produce is actually seed to bottle. So it's locally grown, farmed. They bring it to a local lab to do the thing that makes it go from like plant to the product that then gets created into the oils and salves and tinctures and all the things, which is a really cool thing. So if you're local to North Carolina, you can actually go visit them at the Highway 42 market in Willow Springs, North Carolina. Um, if you are not local to this area, you can find them online at healinggreenfarms.com where you can find actually products for your pets. We give Ruby CBD. Like that's one of our things for for poor Miss Ruby Sue when we mm-hmm. have to go. <laughs> she needed some help for a little while. Yeah, the pet CBD is awesome. So visit healinggreenfarms.com, healinggreenfarms.com. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, And you can also visit the Highway 42 market in person and see what's happening at the market on um, Facebook and Instagram as well. They have a bunch of vendors that they bring in. They like to support other local small businesses. They have fresh produce. And we are grateful to them. So thanks to our sponsors, Healing Green Farms.
4: You talk about those emotions. I'm thinking about our young kids, our young boys, Mm -hmm. 18, 19, 20 years old, going into the military.
5: Mm. You go
4: into the military, you don't know how to deal with your emotions. Now, you go into the military, you're told to just follow orders,
5: mm-hmm.
0: and here's do a, what you're Here's told. a gun. Yeah. Here's a gun. Yeah. Be aggressive.
4: <laughs> wow. Now, you fast forward, they leave the military.
0: They go to law they enforcement.
4: Now, going to law enforcement mm-hmm. or addicted to drugs mm-hmm. and alcohol, Dang, PTSD, mm-hmm. domestic violence is mm-hmm. huge.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: because we never taught them how to deal with their emotions when they were young yep. mm-hmm. and definitely not taught them how to deal with them in the we'll um, you know, yeah right. and is.
0: I think some of this is being like and I, I see in smaller doses like in these in in micro communities like how it's being dealt with like I know one of the the electives that Nicholas is getting for middle school is social emotional learning and they like that would never have been offered even, 7 years ago they do the positivity project at his at their elementary school like they talk about the things and they have it as part they've but incorporated as part of the curriculum and it's not everywhere but it's in- amazing yes yeah. that's yes. amazing yeah that
3: they add um how to balance a checkbook to that class there okay. is and the <laughs>
0: social emotion. so it's interesting when we, we did the open house they oh, they I talked like about it the social emotional learning teacher also as they go up into seventh and eighth grade they basically teach them life skills they okay. teach them budgeting they teach they have projects about like investing well,
3: it all goes in it all ties in because yeah. if you know how to if you know how to balance your money and do your money what is the number one cause of stress in relationships mm-hmm. money so mm-hmm. if you know how to deal with it you know how to talk about it it's always going to help this side of things as well
2: and so yeah i've got two questions one what motivates men and then two can you speak on how you have benefited how your relationships how your life how physical have benefited from this work and this journey
3: okay can i start this off so i can't speak for all men i'm i'm a little bit different i was raised by by my mom and I have an older sister. Um, my dad died when I was five. So what motivates me is very different. What vo- motivates me is people pleasing, right? And I, that's one thing I, did, I had to deal with a lot on this journey is I have to please myself before I can go into pleasing other people. You so have to put that's, your mask on first. Right, so that's definitely what motivates me. The, one of the benefits that I've seen out of all this has been, sorry.
2: You're good. It's all good. <laughs> You're good.
3: Is my daughter and her going through all this and her starting to do the work. And it's great to see. Mm-hmm. It's great to see.
0: So you're that that model for her that she yeah. can reflect yeah. and, and be that, and you're mm-hmm. that mirror for her that she's oh, yeah, showing sure. her. For mm-hmm. sure, and
3: because of that, my wife has started to do it mm-hmm. and all the things. So it's just great.
6: It's a trickle down. It's like when I work with men these days and they're 40, 50 years old, and they've never thought about these things. And we go into the mental, emotional, and the mindset stuff. And we start to make changes. And they start to model that for their kids. And they give their kids that opportunity to see that yep. change. Like, hey, I decided that I wasn't happy with what with the, the outcomes that I'm having. And I'm going to do something different. And they got that outcome. And now they're modeling for their entire family. That makes me want to cry. It's mm-hmm. holy shit. Like, you have no idea the seeds that you're planting. Because I did not have, I didn't know, I, all I know was be tough and suck it up. Well, and
3: dude,
6: Layla came to you. Oh, yeah, she texted me yesterday. And and I, was asking about, like, hey, what do you think about this book and, and that book? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, go go listen to How to Do the Work. That's right. uh, Dr. Nicole LaPera, right. great book.
4: Clint said, every man is different. I think at one point in time, money motivated men. Cars, like material possessions. Women, let's just be honest, women motivated men. I tell everybody my my, my life is like a book. The first half of my book, what motivated me was to climb the corporate ladder. I want to see how many titles I can get, uh, how much money I can make, and the material things. The second half of my life is completely different. I could care less about that stuff. What motivates me right now is making an impact in somebody's life.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: That is it. I tell everyone I live my life by this one simple phrase, given it shall be given unto you. And I believe in pouring out as much as I possibly can. And I want—I heard somebody said it and it was the best thing for me ever. I said, when I leave this earth, I want to leave empty, knowing that I poured out everything in me mm-hmm. that I had into somebody else. All these material things, they're they are going to go. The IRS can come take them.
2: Fire any, floods. Anything. anything. Yes.
4: But what you pour into others will live with them forever. Mm-hmm. And that's what motivates me being able to impact somebody else. And that's why we started this
6: group. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I, 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 let me piggyback on that a little bit too and just say, like, when I was in the corporate world and all my friends, I was. 25 years old making you know a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and take all my, none of my friends had money and I'd be like you want to go do this or do that and, and they'd say I can't yeah. I'd be like you're on scholarship this weekend you come with me and they you're thought I was <laughs> I like
0: well, they That's, thought you were the big shit
6: yeah and I thought I loved it and I had uh, money and my and was, it's a cyclical thing ego. because right. yes. then your
0: friends are validating for you that oh, this yeah. is what defines success <laughs> yeah. so yeah. Ed's talking about his first half the first half of the book being mm-hmm. about those measure, those tangible measures of success the money the car the the what you can do for your woman what you can do for your partner, what you can do for the trips, the whatever, those tangible things that we're t- that we're all taught are the pillars of success, and mm-hmm. like keeping up with the Joneses. Yep,
6: mm-hmm. and and it, and it was funny because I I was I felt guilty because I was so unhappy, I was dying on the inside. And I remember going to see people in in jobs that weren't making a lot of money. I remember going and seeing a barista who's happy. And she's pouring coffee and she's just buzzing around. And I literally would start crying because I'm like, I want what you have. I just want to be happy. Mm -hmm. I want to leave this so bad. And just like like transitioning from now I've left my job. I'm definitely happier. And I'm starting to see success with my health because I was never going to heal in that environment. And when I started to heal, I was like, man, I just, I want to get back. If I can do this, anybody can do this. And that's why I'm going to sit down. I'm going to pour into you because if you, people thought I was the man, people thought like I had everything. And I'm like, let me tell you what I got going on, bro. Let me tell you what's helped me. And let's figure out how you can do the same thing. Yeah.
2: I was watching, I can't remember what the episode was, it was something on Netflix, But and this happened a lot in couples counseling when I was a couples therapist, is they would go through the journey as couple. They have their own individuals, but then they have their couple journey. And they would be like, our relationship has improved. My relationship with my kids has improved. My sex life has improved. And then we were watching that Netflix show. It was all about, they were doing basically tantric sex where you're not touching. And the guy was like, I had only known that sex was penetration and he's I've never experienced anything like he was crying when he was talking about he's I didn't know that a sexual experience could be this good until I came to this workshop and allowed the therapist to walk them through this he's and now it makes me so sad and breaks my heart for everybody else who's out there. And is never gonna have this experience. Is never gonna feel this level of connection and intimacy and euphoria.
3: It's part of the letting go. So you let go. You're gonna feel all the things when you're tensed up and when you're trying to be perfect all the time. You don't feel the things, mm-hmm. right? You don't allow yourself to feel right. the things. I guess. That's that whole well, you feel different things. Mm-hmm.
2: So have you guys experienced? Like, how has it benefited in your relationships? Have you experienced that? Is it like? Sex is better, relationships are better.
3: The number one thing here is communication. So everything else stems off the communication. So the Mm -hmm. sex is better, the everything is better when the communication is better. When you can talk about things, when you know how to talk about things. So it's like the number one thing that I learned and the thing that has helped my relationship more than I could ever imagine was stop using you statements. Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. It that's is the number
3: one thing that I would recommend to anybody out there. You did this, you did that, you did this, stop that shit. Figure out another way to form mm-hmm. a sentence. It is really not that difficult. Yeah. It's all about, and this is the thing I had the most problem with, and I still do from time to time, is I need to think before I talk. And that's all about all about the communication, all about knowing how to talk to somebody. Because every, everybody's different. So you can't talk to everybody the same. And Ed and I talked about this before, is that my love language is not my wife's love language. Mm -hmm. I cannot speak my love language to her and expect her to react or expect her to be receptive. I have to speak her love language in order for her to be receptive.
0: We just talked about that on the, on the episode we did with Scott Moore when we did the Colby, because Joe had pointed out he's if people would just take these assessments Mm -hmm. and ask the other person what, like instead of taking the the assessments for you, ask the other person what their Mm -hmm. results were so that you can then communicate better with them. Well, see,
3: mine is quality, quality time and physical touch. And I tried to show my wife love that way. And that's Mm -hmm. not right. Her way is acts of service Mm -hmm. and quality time. Mm -hmm. And so what did I start doing? Not, being not uh, waiting to hear to do the dishes Mm -hmm. or to take out the trash or to sweep the floor Mm -hmm. or to make the fucking bed these aren't hard daily tasks that we have to do but we need to do these things to be able i needed to do these things in order to be able to speak her love language
0: Mm -hmm. i'm similar to that and my husband stepped up and he does because we've talked about i don't like to adult i I struggle with the adulting things and and it's because i just don't think about it like Mm -hmm. i don't think about when my car registration is due, I don't think about when I need to return something to the store. Maybe. Those things are hard for me. I'm fully transparent about that, but that's where he stepped up because, yeah my my love language is access, service, and quality time, and his is not necessarily the same. And it's and it is it's focusing so that you can understand how best to be received by the other person because the communication is always about the receptor. Not sorry. It's
3: also just not making sure making sure that your spouse knows that they you need them to speak your love language. Yep. So it's not just the guys.
0: It's a two way street. Yeah, it's
3: not just the guys thing here. Mm-hmm. Like everybody needs to speak everybody's love language. You, it's selfish if you don't. The four love
4: language, gotta read that book. Anybody There's the five
6: love languages. Five, five. 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 languages
4: of love. And if you yes. haven't I read it. I back and read it I, I was like,
2: of there's of my a card. reassessment the online. Take the yeah. reassessment.
4: If I took that assessment years ago, I'm not sitting here talking with you guys. Yes. And me and my wife are not together. And I told her, I told her that. So the funny story and the reason why I was sitting over here laughing is before I read the book and had my, my wife, we were dating and she lived in Mississippi. I lived in Georgia. So I drove to Georgia, I Mississippi to go hang out with her for the weekend. And she's clean up. She said, can you mop my floor for me? Mop your f- Mop your floor. I don't even clean my own house. I have somebody come clean my house for me. And I didn't do it. Years later, we did the assessment. Hers was acts of service mm-hmm. and it hit me like a ton of bricks. Oh my God. And I went and apologized. I said, you remember when you asked mm-hmm. me to mop your floor and I laughed? She's yeah. She said, I was pissed. Yep. I was like, I know you were pissed. Right now. I know and if I you said, had just said to me, but that yeah. was your love language was acts of service. And she says, I know now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was like, whoa! So we literally take it once a year because well, it changes.
3: Later, how many years later was that conversation?
4: Oh, it was about three, four years so, yeah, later. She mm-hmm. still remembered she was pissed oh. off. You didn't mop her fucking. The right, right. And exactly. they're gonna like, oh, I'm, I'm gonna, know, we and do. And they gonna pull it out of their pocket <laughs> when you least, least expect like it because you, you never healed, never healed it. Sixty-two. Yes. At Ten o'clock. <laughs> it's a rainy day. <laughs> but you know yeah. why you didn't fix the bed? Because you never healed
2: it. You never, you never healed it. But the second you owned it, and you were like, oh shit, I just realized this. Like and a the impact, so the later then now. she can heal it. Here's yep. the problem
4: now. Guess it's who mops the, the floor all the time? You. Yeah. That,
2: that's that's the why up. they- I hate adulting too. So <laughs> let me say this because I, I'm curious. What you just said- Makes me go, and that's why there's men in the world who even when they have the knowledge mm. of what the love language mm. is, they don't do it. Right. Because then you're the one mopping the floor and so you don't want to mop the fucking floor.
0: So my dad And I'm told texting me, my husband right now to remind him I need an oil change.
4: So oil my dad always told me <laughs> when we were younger, he said- Whatever you start doing with a woman early on, <laughs> that kind of be prepared to do it for the rest of your life. Yep. And I, and I, I didn't pay attention to that. Uh, you know, I didn't listen yeah. to that. I'm a young boy and I'm not listening to Dad. You don't know anything. You old man. I'm taller than you and I'm stronger than you. <laughs> In case you listen to this dad. Um, but I didn't, li- I didn't listen to him. And I started doing things with my wife and I, years later, I figured out, how the heck am I, just, why am I doing all the laundry? I'm like, I'm doing the laundry and I'm folding the laundry. What are you doing? But I don't keep score anymore. Mm-hmm. That was a bad thing. Keeping score yes. is yes. horrible. Yes. Thank you. I do not do that because I did that in a previous relationship. I did this. How's that this, work this. out for you? What are you doing? You. Oh, I'm divorced. Okay. You're, you're, you're not doing this. You're not doing this. I'm doing mm-hmm. this. And, oh, by the way, you're an at-home mom and you're not doing... Okay.
0: If you're keeping score, there are unresolved, unhealed hurts and traumas related to that person or somebody else that you need to address so that you can move forward in that relationship. There's no way that you can have a successful, moderately healthy relationship when you keep score. Okay. Can I ask a a
3: question, Sarah? This may not apply to you though, um, because you're a counselor and all this other kind of stuff. Jenny, it may be the same for you. Since I've been doing this work my love languages have changed a bit. Mm -hmm. My wife's love language has changed a bit. So now it's not acts of service is number one, it's quality time is number one. And I don't know if that's because I do all the acts of service things. I don't know if it's because she's been doing the work. I don't know what it is, but I just—I was curious. I think it's an evolution.
2: Change because of kids. Yes. Okay. That's, okay. that's, that's so the that's biggest a... proponent of okay. change because, but I have been an ultra self-sufficient woman before I met my husband. I had my business. Like mm-hmm. I, I, was, I took care of things. I'm a natural leader. I initiated shit. Mm. So before we had kids, it was natural and easy for me to do all the things. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then kids came along and I was like, oh shit. I was staying at home with them. I required when I, after labor and delivery, I required physically help. I could not move up the stairs. Mm -hmm. I couldn't go to the bathroom by my, you know what I mean? And so- it shifted with that where I needed him to do a lot more of acts of service. So then acts of service went up Mm -hmm. to one quality time dropped because there's kids crawling on me. And if somebody else touches Mm -hmm. me at the end of the day, I want to scream and no talking and please everybody (laughs) shut up.
0: If you have a baby and that's somewhere between the age of zero and like
3: Five.
0: 20. Oh. <laughs> but, but <laughs> and your wife and your partner says to you, and your partner spends uh, has been spending a lot of time with said child, and you're, they say to you, I am touched out. Please respect that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's not
2: personal. It mm-hmm. is mm-hmm.
0: not personal. But so
2: as it's evolved, so like then acts of service went up and it shift. Mm-hmm. Now that our kids are older and he, My husband has gotten used to doing more acts of service now that they're older and require less time. And now I'm missing the quality time Mm -hmm, where I'm mm -hmm. like, we were in survival mode for so long of just survive that the quality time was just survival Mm mode. And so now that they're older, it's shifted to quality time is so high for me for the last probably two years since 2019 for Mm -hmm. sure. And acts of service is second and physical touch third. And I'm like, God bless my husband, is because when I took the test, all of my top three, it's like 12, 11, 10. Mm. And then the other ones, like gifts, is like two. Right. Yeah. You Seven. know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And so it's like, hit those. Please don't those. bring me
0: flowers, they die, yeah. and then I yeah.
2: throw Correct. them. Correct. Yeah. But when you think about it, like, he's got <laughs> it. I'm going to
6: do this. I'll bring your flowers all the time. He's got it
2: made. He can <gasps> choose any one might. of those, and them. it's going to be the <laughs> sure. same caliber and sure. potency yeah. Yeah. for me. Yeah. Choose one of those three.
5: Oh, yeah, so work three.
2: Yeah. That's right. Yeah, or that. But hey, I'm totally worth it. Right. So just saying. And I think to that point, right, like the message
0: there is that the whole journey is an evolution. Mm-hmm. The, whole, the relationship has to evolve. Mm-hmm. You cannot be the same couple mm-hmm. that you were Scott and I met 19 years ago.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And we we met in 2003. Been drunk in stupor at Syracuse. Match.com. <laughs> so here's and I've told the story before. Like I thought he was totally dry and had zero personality. And for those people who have met my husband and, and know that he is man. not <laughs> dry and has a very giant room filling personality. Very much. Yep. And he's also a very large man. And so, and, and but we are not the same people that we mm-hmm. were then. Our experiences have evolved. We've added kids to the mix. We almost didn't survive yeah. just the one child when he was three. Like, we almost he was almost an only child, and we were almost not that bad. But, mm-hmm. but you move past that. It has to evolve. And I think that with that, you have to also be willing to say to your partner, hey, I know this worked for me before, but I have to tell you, and this is not personal, It's just, it's not working for me right now. And we can talk about it or we can just agree that it's, we're not going to do this. This is not as important to me as it is this. And can your partner evolve with you?
4: That's a, uh, that's, that's a big part. That's the key, right Some, there.
6: From somebody who's had to choose change so many times, I was always terrified yes. that I was going to leave my wife in the dust, and that she wasn't, or I wasn't, the same person that she fell in love with. Yep. But the funny thing is, I don't have that fear anymore because we, obviously, knowing me, we've talked the shit out of it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I but, know my but husband's now, like,
0: "Do we have to talk about this again?" Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. so she
6: changed with me, and that was that's a it's a beautiful thing, partner. right? Beautiful when you point, see yeah.
0: your partner that is willing to go to to step in there with you and have the openness. And, like, you go from that fear mm-hmm. of is, it, th- is this is going to change things mm-hmm. and is that going to be okay to having that, well, why were you worried about talking about it with me? I love you, and no matter what, like, it's unconditional and blah, blah, blah. And, and I think that's a beautiful thing, and I wish that more men would step into that and, and be willing to say, hey, <laughs> I'm not 25 anymore. I, I'm in a different space in my life. And it, one of the most eye-opening things for me was when when Scott left – the corporate world to go into entrepreneurship. We, that was a huge risk for our family. And when he told me about the opportunity, my immediate response was, okay, how much and Mm -hmm. when can we do it? And he was like, whoa, I was not expecting you to say that. And I was like, why not? Why you've been Mm -hmm. seeing me on my entrepreneur journey. Why wouldn't I support yours? And he's like, I don't know. And it was about more of the safety and security of leaving that corporate environment and then, and so forth and so on. But I am like so super proud of him and mm-hmm. how much he has grown just since starting the, that he made the leap and through the past three years, it's been amazing to see this immense growth. And I am so excited to see what's coming mm-hmm. next. And well, that,
3: that you, you're a great example of great. You got to mm-hmm. give grace to your partner. When I started this journey, I don't know, know if
0: he'd agree with you, but to, I do.
3: To, <laughs> Scott and I will talk okay. no, <laughs> So to, to be able to give grace to not only your partner, but your kids mm-hmm. and say, I did this for three years i did the work yep. for three years before there was any like reciprocation right. on other on either side I mean. so you just have to show up be consistent so there's this one quote that i love and i well, use you have it to all build the, time. the trust that it's yes, going to stay absolutely. that you're that not going to change it's like networking you got to share the roi right so there's <laughs> this one there's this one quote that i that i love and network. it's by ryan serhant uh he does million dollar listing in new york so he has this one quote called he says growth always." in all ways. So and we're gonna be us three, at least us three, every second Thursday of every month. Every month. The address Holy is 107 Fayetteville Street. It's on the fifth floor. It's 1865 Inc. co. So it's a new creative co-working space, mm-hmm. as we said earlier in this conversation by Miss Rayda Mills. And she is amazing. She has a fantastic space. And people are going to be surprised at the people that they see when they come to this. Because you have low me, Ed, Mitch, and then you have a guy that's 6'5, 250 pound former basketball player, that he was the most outspoken of anybody that we had, including us. And that's not easy to do <laughs> in a situation to have somebody more outspoken than Ed and I, because Mitch wasn't at this meeting. No judgment at all, period. Because who, who the hell are we to judge? We all have our own issues.
4: We're always growing. I don't care how old you are. The day you stop growing is the day that you die. Yep. So this life is a journey and there's a lot of bumps and detours in the journey. Because if you would have told me that I'd be living in North Carolina again, I would have laughed at you. But life is full of journeys and you just enjoy the ride. Smile, laugh, hug more.
2: hmm and 10-second like hugs. Those are my hug. favorite. Oh, okay. heart ten hard seconds. Second hugs. Hug, hug, nice hugs. Yes.
3: Yeah, have to um, say ten to fifteen seconds? Yes. You don't need for the stress. Correct. Release. I love a the, good. The oxytocin. That's why, like, yeah, I, yep. yeah 10 to 15 I, seconds.
0: I I'm always happy knowing that I'm going to be somewhere where Clint is because, like, we we totally yep. em- it, it, and, and pun intended, we embrace that. Like, oh, very much. That very much <laughs> like that knock you down giant hug. Whenever it's always Ginny. Yeah. yeah.
3: How are you? Me. Better now. And yes. Like, yes. Like, right. So it's, yes. that's that's what it always it's it's always that. But I'm a physical touch guy, so it's like, you yeah. Know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do we will get a hug after this. Of
5: course. We of get course group, we hugs.
2: group hugs. Group hugs. <laughs> <laughs> So let our listeners know where they can, how they can connect with each of you individually.
4: You can find me on um, LinkedIn, Edward Dudley. Very simple, it's the guy with the nice bald head, so if you can't miss me.
3: Yeah, so I'm going to second everything Ed said. Where you can find me is I don't have any social media except for LinkedIn, so you can find me. I'm Clint, the Golf Networker Web mm-hmm. on LinkedIn, and please come and see us, everybody. Like, please, like this is we want to we want to help as many people as possible. And yes, we are exclusive to gentlemen. Because that's what this is about. Mm-hmm. So we'd yes. love to see you. There's Please plenty come of see safe us.
0: spaces for women. Yeah, yes, plenty
3: of safe Correct. spaces. <laughs> agreed. And I gotta be just, agreed. Yeah, we're just we're opening <laughs> this up to the, to the men. So we hope to see you guys.
6: Oh uh, yeah, M- Mitch Webb on LinkedIn, and then K Mitch Webb Instagram and uh, MitchWebb.com.
3: And uh, barbecue wellness. Barbecue Israel.
6: wellness. Israel. Yeah, Israel barbecue is well. a health food. Mm-hmm. Barbecue after this. My favorite place. <laughs> That's United.
5: exciting.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, Mitch is a hell of a cook. Uh, if you follow the barbecue wellness, you'll see him cooking himself steak and eggs and pork chops and barbecue every day.
6: Lots of, lots of lots <laughs> of vegetarianism.
3: Yeah, and he lives f- like almost an hour from me, so it's pretty disappointing.
2: <laughs> Thank you guys so much for Thank doing for this. Us. and Thank you for
3: giving us another space yes. to talk about this.
2: Mm-hmm. Of course, always. You guys are always welcome back, so if you have any updates or any... any... Any other things you want to share, welcome back. This is a subject that doesn't get talked about often Mm -mm. enough and in enough spaces. So whatever we can do to spread the word, we are happy to do.
0: Connect with us at girlswhodostuff.com. Subscribe to our email list for fun announcements and leave us a review. It helps other people find our stuff.
2: We would be so grateful to you for taking those actions so we can get this out into the world and change more lives. I am Jenny Midgley. I am Sarah Madras. And And you you do you, boo. boo.
1: We love making this stuff for you. You can help us out by subscribing to this podcast and follow us on social media.